Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I want you to find a character within you here. Okay. Hard-nosed studio executive. Yeah, finding it. At Waystar Studios. Okay. For their streaming platform, Stargo. Okay. sure. It's had a lot of negative publicity because mm-hmm. of uh, buffering issues. Mm-hmm. And you need a hit. The algorithm is saying Eastern Seaboard. Uh-huh. So you've, you, you've put out the brief to writers and producers that you want something with the title Anne's Disaster in Maine. Okay. Okay. And now they're being invited in to see you. Okay. Esther, thanks for coming. Please, please. You can call me a ball sack in a toupee. Great, I'll do that. That's creative. It's outside the box. I'm thrilled you're here. Do you do a cold press juice? To anybody who's listening right now, so I'm stepping outside of the box of the improv, but there's a wonderful show called Lady Dynamite. It starred Maria Bamford, and in this show, she had an agent character, and I'm trying to find her. Her. Karen Grisham. Okay, I'm finding her. She's here. A ball sack in a toupee. You're making a strong choice. I want to see Anne's disaster in Maine. What have you got? Anne decides to stage an early pseudo-retirement from Pearson Co., in which she opens a farm-to-table restaurant, foraging native ingredients, the whole nine. Unfortunately, their local forager isn't experienced enough to avoid serving psychedelic fungi to a house full of congressmen. Lawsuits, scandal, ATN is all over the story and is disgraced. I love it. I love fresh. I love a seasonal menu. So we're not shipping a tomato in the winter. We're selling it. I feel like your offering is 99 characters in one. Well, that's not a compliment. Welcome to Friday Sprinkles, the first Friday Sprinkles of Series 4, Season 4. And I've, um, I'm making an executive decision for us as a company. Mm-hmm. We have to stop talking about how much email that we get and apologizing to the people whose emails we don't read out loud. Because they're grown-ups and they just have to swallow it. Um, actually, no. It's extremely repetitive to listen to. Now, having said that, we feel bad about not having time to read it all. I just want to very quickly let you know about something. Go on. We now have a Firecrutch and Normcore crowdfunder. Are you lying or is this real? No, this is real. So if you go to crowdfunder.co.uk stroke Firecrutch and Normcore, here's what it says. A nice lady from the affluent suburbs of Chicago will debase herself and eat <laughs> British sweets and snacks for cash. Uh, the, the target is £200. And maybe over the series, we can, like they do on telethons, uh, we can keep your... <laughs> Checking in with the totalizer. Oh, this is brutal. For £100, Sarah will eat a Percy pig and film it. For another £100, 
she'll video herself eating a Jaffa cake. <laughs> We've got 10 episodes. Hopefully, we will have raised that £200 by episode 10 and we'll be able to release that content to our supporters. Oh, And I should just say, we're making the assumption that people know how this started. It was when we were talking about Roman and Shiv in a British corner shop being disgusted at the foodstuffs. And I was asking you about your experience as an immigrant to our fine country. Yes, and I might have said something like, I would rather die than eat a Jaffa cake or a Prince pig. Do you want to make a heartfelt plea for the money you're hoping to raise? Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable, but I think that when you share your own struggles, it allows other people to do the same, and there's value in that. So I'm going on a holiday to Marrakesh for three days, <laughs> and I only have one bathing suit that I'm happy with. <laughs> And what I need to truly shake off all the day-to-day struggles that I manage as a middle-class woman from the affluent suburbs of Chicago who now lives in the affluent North London neighborhood of Stoke Newington, I need a second bathing suit. I need like one for the first day and one for the second, and then I can repeat on the third. But I don't want a triple appearance of one suit. I'm reaching out to you from a place of vulnerability. I'm shedding my shame. I'm remembering that when you share a secret, a secret cannot hurt you anymore. And I only have one suit to go to Marrakesh, and I'd like another look. I'm going to agree to eat some disgusting British food. It's very tasty. It's disgusting, and I I feel sick just thinking about it. (laughs) If you would like to donate to that cause, I will meet my fear. Will you feel your fear and do it anyway? I'm going to feel my fear and I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to eat your disgusting food that you people come up with in this fucking country. And if 200 of you give me a pound, my dreams will come true. And then so will yours. Crowdfunder.co.uk stroke fire crutch and normcore. All right, that bit of business aside, mm-hmm. let's get into the inbox. Let's do it. Our first email is from Elizabeth. We've heard from Elizabeth before, but she was smart enough to remind me of her name, which is Burgundy for Breakfast. Burgundy for Breakfast writes, am I crazy or is there a new toddler in the intro? Yeah, I, I noticed this. You see uh, a toddler in one of those toy cars that they poodle along in, but an expensive looking one. Uh-huh. So does this mean there is a little sesame seed cooking inside Carrie's flat belly? I can't believe that on our episode I'm saying, so a difference in the intro, you see a toddler in a car, and I didn't make the connection. Of course. Of course. Those smoothies have done the trick. Logan's baby batter, his sperm are motile. Of course they are. And plentiful. Yep. Unlike mine. No. It's plentiful but immotile. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they're telling us in the opening titles, look out, Carrie's pregnant. I feel like we're going to, when this show ends, Carrie is going to be in a position of real power. Something's going to happen for that friend, assistant and advisor. But as we said in our um, season four pregame, a, b- a baby doesn't answer the question of who's going to be the successor. No, 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 no. Because Logan isn't going to anoint a baby or a toddler or a fetus. No. Unless, here we are speculating on spin-offs. what if they go for something much lighter in tone and it's like a live-action boss baby? <laughs> All right, next up, this comes from Josh Moritz. Disc. 
Disgustabus. Oh, I was going to ask you, um, does Greg say Disgustabus or Disgustapus like an octopus? I hate that word. That really grosses me out. Maybe Tom is like Greg's my Disgustapus teacher, like my octopus teacher. Oh. Like that documentary. Oh, that was sad. It was a beautiful documentary. And I'm not the only person to say that. I think there's some other footage that that guy's got. Oh, you think he was like being yeah, sexual yeah, with Well, it. I, don't, I don't know. I, don't I, don't s- ever, I didn't think that he was being sexual with the octopus. I'm not saying that anything sexual happened between the guy and the octopus. What I am saying, if the octopus had made the first move... <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, bus we'll stick with, says, Dear Firecrutch and Normcore... I wondered if you noticed the scene at Logan's birthday party where the crowd is singing happy birthday, that there is one overly enthusiastic guest who's doing dance moves and adding a bass harmony. Two questions. Is this the same character who we see getting overly excited at Boar on the Floor? Oh, Ray. Yes. Uh, he says the one who's prepared to piss in a bucket. I rewatched that scene in advance of this and he Ray really is the one who's sort of enthusiastically bouncing along. Whether you, or not he's you... doing the bass harmony, I'm not entirely sure. And then question two. How do you both feel about harmonised happy birthdays? I'm personally not a fan. This is embarrassing, discussed the best. We do that. We do it consistently. Like We're always making videos because we, we, we're too disorganised to send cards. I'm on top of cards. You see yourself that way, do you? Yeah. So your friends are getting birthday cards from you? No, that's not, that's not true. I guess if I'm going to a party... So, so hang on, you're saying you're organised... Because you remember to take a birthday card when you're going to someone's party. No, I'm sorry. No, I don't forget birthdays other than my nephews. (laughs) (laughs) I think that cards have gone out of fashion. So I think that I'm a good person because I always call on a birthday. And most other people are now at a phase where they only text. Low barring it. Our next email is from Meredith. Meredith, your nickname moving forward is... She's crunchy peanut butter. Hi, Jeff and Sarah. I'm a native Mainer, so I can narrow Anne's disaster down to a few likely incidents. Now, I'll tell you right now, the bulk of what people wrote in with were Anne's disaster in Maine. So we are going to sprinkle our sprinkles with various Anne's disasters. Number one. Got into a slap fight with Martha Stewart near the estates on Mount Desert Island and was charged with assault. Oh, great. Two, tripped over a poor person and fell into the trout pond at L.L. Bean. What is L.L. Bean? What is a poor person? (laughs) L.L. Bean is, um, so it's like a clothing line and it's like quite outdoorsy, quite New England, quite wasp. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Number three, got caught drunkenly trying to steal lobsters from a lobster trap and was shot by an irate lobster man. And then she writes in parentheses, this type of incident has actually happened. You don't screw with lobster men on their traps. That is amazing. I like that. And disaster in Maine. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. This is from Hannah who says, hey, guys. Hey, Hannah. Your nickname is... Your face is giving me a headache. Every time I see the cables on Logan's back in the last shot of the opening credits, I get the vapours. Getting the vapours is great. I don't know the phrase, get the vapours. It's like feeling all lightheaded. It was almost Bronte sisters-ish, maybe? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. That's good for Um, Not to get overly Lenny Bruce about it, but I think Sarah's gut reaction that the Munsters are more relatable than the Adams family is because the Munsters are Jewish and the Adamses are Goyish. I need to hop in here really quickly. Mm. I think that word Goyish is quite offensive. 
But I'm not sure I'm right about that. Now, clearly, your face is giving me a headache as Jewish. That's very clear to me. I am as well. I think that's a very bad word for someone who isn't Jewish. So do you know how we reached out, how I how I manifested a 23-year-old feminist genius lady and she wrote in so that we could unpack misogyny towards Shiv? Can someone let us know if the word goy, it doesn't feel good as I say it, or goyish, are we still singing that? Let's learn together. But I, I might want to say Gentile instead. Okay. Uh, the Munsters was a particularly good reference for this week's Succession episode because the Roys are, of course, Jewish as compared to the Goyish Pierces. The latter, after all, are all about first edition Emily Dickinson and low thread count sheets. Now, this is where I got confused. So I thought this idea of the Munsters feeling very Jewish, not, not literally, but there's all this like... Cultural signifiers. Is it like yes. neuroticism? Yes. Or... And, and the way that the, the vampire dad and Herman, like these are some Jewish characters, essentially. So I thought, oh, that's so interesting. But then when she wrote that the Roys are Jewish, I didn't understand what she meant at all. The Roys feel extremely non-Jewish to me. I get what she's talking about in the Pierces. There, there is a sort of very waspish, New Englandy thing that I, th- I think feels very Gentile to Jewish eyes. But with, with the Roys, I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear because it's not my Wait a experience. Second, Isn't like Logan quite an anti-Semite? Oh, yes. Because there's all that stuff in season three with that Josh Aronson episode. Where, Adrian like, Brody's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's all this sort of explicit and then kind of implicit anti-Semitism stuff that happens. And wasn't there something about even in the offices of Waystar back in the day? Yes, that is, I mean, I know that's the only other thing, but that's the other thing. There's, uh, It's between Shiv and Connor, and Connor's basically saying, give me what I want or I'll let it out that we used to have that rule about no blacks, no Jews, no gays above the fourth floor or something right. like that. So I just we, they, we need we need clarification. We, yes, I I feel anti-Semitism, not Jewishness. We need to know what you're getting at. Give us Ooh. more. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
up, we hear from Chloe. Your nickname moving forward is AI Jerk Machine. (laughs) Sarah, I deeply share your feelings of anxiety while watching the first episode. Now, I just want to say this was a through line with many of the emails that we got. So many people who are into the show sat down and went, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Not excited, but scared. She continues. I have to disagree about it being like a first date, though. My experience of dating as a single straight woman is much more akin to Colin's experience of his dinner date with Logan. (laughs) Listening to a monologue and having my answer interrupted the minute my companion eventually deigns to ask me a question. Do you think it's worth me going into my thing that I've identified as my trigger point as an adult woman? Oh, come on. So this was very interesting to me, Chloe, because I, I consider myself not easily triggered by a lot of male behavior. Aren't I lucky? But this thing that I have noticed about myself is that men can talk to me is the generous way of putting it. And I can immediately feel myself like seizing up with anger and judgment and resentment. And I really believe it is because all of my 20s was spent dating men. And it was mostly an experience of sitting there and listening to them talk. Right before I met you, I was doing a bit of a court with a long-distance gentleman, and I had been to the Oval Office. My brother's best friend worked under the Obama administration and was like, come to D.C., I'll tour you the Oval Office, blah, 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 blah. And the next day, this guy and I were supposed to have a phone date, and I was like, oh, good, I've got my thing to talk about. And I never got to tell him about it because we were like on the phone for an hour and a half, and I was never asked about myself. And I was like... This has been my whole fucking 20s. Do you think Logan asks Carrie a lot of questions about herself? Oh, my God. No one in that family knows how to ask their partners anything about themselves. She continues, Your interpretation of Tom calling Shiv surprised me. I have two interpretations of his actions. One, that he thought that it might get back to Shiv that he had seen Naomi Pierce. And to throw her off the scent, he tried to make it sound like a date. Clearly, this failed. Oh, no, that 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 makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and then what she says with number two is that old habits die hard and his love for Shiv couldn't stop him from calling her and tipping her off as to what was happening on his end. And a few people wrote in with that similar thought. Yeah. I think AI jerk machine has just given us maybe uh, his conscious intention and his subconscious. AI jerk machine. You're a little genius. Next up with another Anne's disaster in Maine. Anne's disaster in Maine. We have Alid Thomas. Alid, your nickname is Bridget Random Fuck. Anne is a cousin. Maybe Nan's niece. She made a run for Senate or Governor of Maine. The disaster was that her, or perhaps better, her husband's sexual proclivities were exposed. She sued for libel. She lost. And the family footed the bill. Simple. Clean. I support it. So our next email is, oh, I'm glad that I get this one, is from Max. Max, I think, is going to be delighted to know that his nickname is Omelette Nipples. Hi, FNN. Whatever slight change Tom has made with his hair really does it for me. I would not need to be paid to sniff his fingers. Just call me Mondale. (laughs) Same Omelette Nipples. Same. I saw online this week that Mondale... Succession isn't his only TV credit. No. He is also in Severance. No. Yes. Yeah. That's so great. I'm trying to tone my reactions down and it's going poorly. (laughs) All right. This comes from Bob. First fucking pancake. 
And it is another idea for... Anne's disaster in Maine. Who is Anne? Anne is Nan's quirky older sister, very much the Connor of the Pierce family. While Nan oversaw the Pierce media empire, Anne spent her time in various Connor-like pursuits, historical artefacts, hyper-decanting wine. <laughs> Maybe she has a willer of her own. A gigolo. Do we say that? I don't know. I think it's just You're a really sex worker. policing my language a lot. I want us to be good. I've often wondered if you were to die. Mm. I'll never love again, as I've said. And I don't know that I'll be comfortable dating, but I would like to be sexually active like in my 50s and maybe my 60s as well. I don't I don't know how I'll be feeling, but I'll get money if you die. Jeff has a very nice life insurance policy, and I think that I'd like earmark a percentage of it to make myself look good through plastic surgery. And I think that, that I would find a male sex worker. Just one thing. You're sensing a hole in my plan? Well, what I'm thinking is the money you're intending to spend on making yourself look nice for the sex worker. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know that it's just a job to them. No, but I don't well, want to so, feel so, so, like he shows up and sees me and is like, I got to fuck this old bag. I want to be like, oh, I have a nice day of work ahead of me. So what is that? This like making sure you make tea for the plumber and are nice to the builders because you want to be liked. No, it's you not about be liked being liked. It's about feeling. It's not about being liked. It's about him being happy about the idea of being paid to have sex with me. You don't, you don't know what's going on in his head. Well, then I'll do it for me. Under eye bags. <laughs> Tummy tuck. Bingo wings. Done. We could see how it goes with the Percy Pig Jaffa Cake crowdfund. Do you think that people would um, help me raise five grand for my under eye bags? Oh, Sarah, I re- this really makes me sad. Okay, we don't talk about it then. What is the disaster in Maine? Anne loves Murder, She Wrote, and has been spending her money building Fletcherland, a giant Murder, She Wrote theme park located on the Atlantic shores of Maine. She has built an exact replica of Cabot Cove. She has hired multiple Tom Bosley and Angela Lansbury lookalikes. Was Tom Bosley in Murder, She Wrote? I, mean, I'm guessing. I don't know, but he's the first celebrity that I ever saw in person when I went to L.A. when I was 12. And I saw Tom Bosley from a far distance on set for Father Dowling Mysteries. And it was the greatest moment of my young life. Post his happy day success. Mr. Cunningham. Mr. Cunningham yeah. Oh, my God. Do you feel that if we get a dog, we could name it Richie Cunningham? I like it, but our son isn't going to agree to it. He has veto on dog names. <sighs> We've just revealed too much about ourselves. The main reason we're not getting a dog at the moment is because our son is insisting it should be called Jodie Whittaker and we just don't want to deal with that conversation. No, we're trying to, to get him on board with the idea of a dog called Bingo Baron, which everyone can agree is the greatest name of all time. Um, Fletcherland is a dud. It's probably a great time, but the overhead of hiring all these New York actors to play the residents of Cabot Cove is killing the bottom line. Well, I really like that first fucking pancake. Thank you. Okay. What's like a Nepo a Nepo baby if it's my mom? My Nepo mommy. Nepo, Nepo mommy. mommy. This yeah. is a Nepo mommy. Okay. So this is from my mother, Lynn Barron. Sassy little bitch. But she suggested that I refer to her as the world is her toilet because it is. As previously discussed. So my mom slash the world is her toilet slash sassy little bitch writes. Dear Normcore and Firecrotch, you before me, because that's how these people fucking think. With your mom, she just like is trying to be different. I'm so sorry. You're right. That's 100% <laughs> what the impulse is. You should see some of the shit I had to edit out of this, by the way. <laughs> okay. Dear Normcore and Firecrotch, thank you so much for the invitation to write. I am honored. It's, c- it's like vampires. Like they on. have to be invited in. Oh, yeah. Let the right one in. <laughs> We've brought this upon ourselves. I, I, you know, I was trying to not, but they said to me, <laughs> I don't know why, I am honored to clarify your question about a joint email address. Yes. 
In fact, my elderly husband and I have two couple friends that share an email address. The first are the Lemleys, whom Jeff mentioned. I called it right. <laughs> did. That was Bob really and Peggy impressive. share an email address. That's really good. The second are Bud and Connie, our late in life friends. They are the silliest friends of ours. Our times together. <laughs> <laughs> Our times together are filled with giggles and intense political discussions at times with expressions of rage. (laughs) Best. Lynn, the world is my toilet. Baron, it's so crazy. (laughs) You know, we giggle together. We talk about politics we get angry but we <laughs> we bring it, we we respect each other your father you know your father can be so quiet with some people but with bud he just opens up and he talk this is by the way i'm just improving my mom you so say you are good at improv if it's my mom i'm incredibly good at improv <laughs> i thought that was the funniest thing i've ever read in my entire life Filled with giggles and intense political discussions. (laughs) At times with expressions of rage. I I can think about it all day. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. All right, time for another. Anne's disaster in Maine. And this one comes from Sarah Campbell. Beloved Sarah Campbell. Do you have a nickname deserving of Sarah? I do. From now on, we're going to call her famished warthog. Sarah writes, Troubled eldest daughter Anne decides to reinvent herself as a Tova Janssen-style children's author and austere lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) To live the full fantasy, she goes to the coast of Maine and buys a small, rugged island from some fishermen on which to pen the next moomins. But the island sinks. Turns out the fishermen have sold her a floating garbage patch. Also, she discovers she's not a lesbian. An awkward wait for the Coast Guard in shoes. It feels relevant to say now, Sarah Campbell is a lesbian. So I think she's allowed to say that a woman is a lesbian and then discovers that she's not a lesbian. I don't, I don't think we need to worry about the sensitivities of a fictional character. I do. It just feels a little bit more comfortable if you're picturing that coming from a lesbian. Yeah, I suppose. Our next correspondence is from Bruce Mace, rat fucker Sam. Hey, FNN. When Logan called the kids to say congratulations on saying the biggest number, you fucking morons, that wasn't a petty stab from their defeated father that the kids should have celebrated. It was Logan pointing out to them that they had stupidly brute forced the situation like the business toddlers that they are. He was mad at losing the acquisition of PGM, but more than that, all of his efforts to make them tough and savvy negotiators has come to nothing And he truly has no legacy left. I think that is an excellent read of that situation. Yes. But I just want to make the point, and I made it in the episode as well, that Roman didn't like that deal and he didn't like that negotiation. And you thought all of that showed us that that Roman's getting a bit savvier. Yes. All right, just time to squeeze this in from Daryl Morris. From now on, we're calling you... Yummy Dummy Demi. I asked ChatGPT to write a short synopsis for a succession spin-off based on... Anne's disaster in Maine. Says, I think Jesse Armstrong's job is safe for now. Great, the world's going to be safe. From the robots. For now. Thanks very much, Yummy Dummy Demi. Okay, I've got a thing to clear up before we go. We own our mistakes on this podcast. And last week, Sarah Morgan, also known as Poop Deck of a Majestic Schooner, wrote in... 
with what we were trying to work out, was it actually Roman's proposal to Jerry or had she herself, a writer, invented it? She has since clarified this for us. No, I was just like being an asshole, being like, no, 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 it's already been done, but in a cute and love and warm and funny way. Somehow, despite the number of times we've all watched this entire show, neither you know I remember that exchange. I know, but I think part of the reason we can rewatch it over and over again is my it's memory is so bad. bad with this yeah. stuff. We will be back. We've got another episode of Succession between now and then. We'll be watching it. We'll be dissecting it. We'll be scrutinizing it. But we are eager to know what you notice and what you think. Fuck off at firecrotchandnormcore.com. One thing that maybe, I don't know if we'll get time to discuss it on next week's Sprinkles, Naomi Pierce's hair, which you had a strong adverse reaction to. I wanted to like the hair and I think I'd be a woman with better taste if I liked the hair, but I didn't like the hair. You, you have a couple of hair questions. There's Naomi Pierce. There's, is Kerry wearing a wig? Someone tweeted me, she's not wearing a wig. Let me just say this. If Carrie got a haircut, she loses in a cut how much I got on my whole head. <laughs> if she just goes for a trim. If she goes for a trim, she loses more than okay. I got. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there seem to be a number of hair-related discussions going on around Succession. I know that you enjoy hair chat. You have a little hair corner maybe in Sprinkles if, if there's time. Oh, yeah. What do you want to do? <laughs> Why don't you message me your questions about hair generate? doesn't even have to connect to Succession. Come to Sarah's Corner. Sarah's sad corner. Your little hair station. My little hair station. (laughs) What's making you sad today about your hair? I went through a shedding. Are you going through a shedding? I think, if anything, that sorry little speech there will elicit just a little bit more sympathy from people and they might be more likely to donate to your crowdfunder. Oh my God, if you guys give me my crowdfunder, maybe I can afford to go to the Belgravia Hair Clinic. (laughs) Um, Crowdfunder.co.uk stroke firecrotch and normcore. All right. Do you want to shut this down? Hey, you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for sprinkling us to fruition. Be in touch over the weekend. I hope you have a nice one. My brother's coming into town this weekend with his family of five. It'll be exhausting, but nice. We'll see you Tuesday morning GMT for our next episode. The next episode of Succession, it's called The Rehearsal. What does it mean? Well, by the next time we talk to you, we'll know. Come be with us. Fuck off! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.